What's up everyone and welcome to episode 153 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Um, just want to say thank you again to everyone that's kind of stuck by us during the whole sort of coronavirus pandemic and sort of stuck with listening to the show, really, really appreciate it. Um, I know last week's episode was a bit of a a different episode for us. Um in terms of kind of trying to want to get you guys a bit more engaged and so far it seems to have kind of worked a little bit but would love to sort of get more of you involved um if you're not familiar with what i'm talking about um we set up a a little twitter tournament um from the sort of seminal albums from the trust kill records era and the ferret music records era um, and kind of pitting them against each other and when we whittle it down to the semi-final we'll have a discussion about those so that's all going on over on our twitter page which is at just underscore and underscore insight uh, like all of our social media um, we're about six or seven matches in now uh, new ones will go up daily about 4pm each well it's about half four um, but uk time um, so yeah but the people who have got involved so far massive massive thank you um also this i know i've said it for the last couple of weeks but this is looking like leads be our um our last podcast for a little while this was one that i'd had sort of organized but we hadn't actually carried out the the interview itself so i wanted to get this one out of the way and then we're going to sort of take a break whilst i sort of deal with all my equipment issues and then hope back bigger stronger better than ever um i don't usually plug this bit too much because like the show's for you guys and everyone who listens to the show but as this may be our our last one for a little while we don't want to go completely irrelevant so whatever platform you're listening to this on and hearing my voice on can you please give us a rating subscribe to the show it really really makes a big difference for us um five star rating would be preferable but any rating would be wonderful um yeah and obviously it'll keep us sort of high up on those boards when we when we do eventually come back i'm aiming for sort of mid to late june but we'll see how things go i'm not going to put any time pressure on it specifically if however you are missing us massively um people who are regular listeners of the show and follow us on social media may have seen uh, every sunday at 3 p.m uk time uh i'm going live on instagram with uh a guest uh previously i've had sean adicott of punch on uh and this sunday just gone had cy walker from the seabin podcast also of monolithian helpless swan song and rash decision fame so uh if you miss those live though they are on our youtube channel which we've restarted um it just currently has those on there at the moment but as i say once we kind of back up and running proper i'm going to try and utilize that youtube page as much as possible put the episode uh, full-length episodes on there put other content on there and just try and build this a bit more and grow the podcast as much as possible uh in other news i've kind of got fingers in different pies so if you see me posting about other stuff on the Justin Insight uh, socials about other projects, then that's why I'm looking to sort of maybe start something else up in the summer. And I have a long-term project, which I'm looking to also get off the ground 
once all this coronavirus stuff is kind of eased and we're back to some kind of semblance of normality um and one final little self plug i'm going to give just before we go into to the normal stuff with this po- uh this podcast uh an insight issue 2 has finally left my hands it's finally gone to the printers they've given me a perspective return date of may 18th but that's not again 100% cuz uh, the people that I use are very small they've, and they're quite limited in their own stuff at the moment, which is totally understandable. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll have that with me in a couple of weeks. Um, I have ideas for issue three. I'm not going to rush into them straight away, though, just because issue two has been a bit of a pain in the arse in terms of getting it out there. So once I have issue two in my hand, work on issue three will start Um and yeah, thank you for everyone who has pre-ordered it so far. You can pre-order, still pre-order it. Um, I will put a link in the description of this episode. Uh, it has interviews with KD, uh, Change, uh, ACXDC, um, Shavire, Sniffany and the Knits. Also, I've written a, a piece about the 25-year history of Envy um, and loads of other cool stuff in there. So if you fancy checking that out, then... As I say, link will be in the description. Anyway, that's enough about my shit. Um, I hope everyone is doing okay in the current circumstances that we're we're in. I know a lot of people are starting to get a bit frustrated, getting very, very bored. Uh, we had Boris Johnson's pathetic excuse of a announcement on Sunday, which gave no clarity to anything. So who knows what the hell is going to go on in the next coming weeks months ahead of us um i know for a lot of us obviously if you're listening to this you are a music fan but pretty much every summer festival has now been cancelled so it's a bit of shame sort of like looking as to what's going on in regards to live music coming back around um so yeah it's, it's a difficult time but things like this have kind of kept me going i hope you by listening to to this and various other podcasts that have either listen to or have come out as a result of lockdown are kind of keeping you occupied i'm can assure you they they definitely are for myself um but yeah that's that's enough of of me babbling on we'll get to this week's guest and it's a really really cool chat um i speak to vocalist and guitarist of primitive man and the genius mind behind many blessings uh ethan mccarthy uh during the time we kind of discuss obviously how he kind of got into music and how his older brother was a massive influence similar to myself uh how the saxophone was the first instrument that he actually picked up before kind of picking up a guitar um how primitive man was kind of something that he'd always wanted to do but he was very embedded within the sort of grindcore world uh so never kind of had the other surrounding musicians around him to kind of get primitive man or a band like primitive man sort of off the ground and how now that it is it's the first band that he's been part of that's sort of had any validity i think that's the word i would mean but any kind of recognition behind it and kind of anything that sort of fans have put and invested into in this sort of how him kind of coming from the other side of playing to pretty much no one in a room to now being able to tour the world well obviously not right now but having toured the world with primitive man so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat that i have with ethan and i'll see you on the other side 
Cool. Uh, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalist and guitarist of Primitive Man and solo artist under the name of Many Blessings, uh, Ethan MacArthur. Ethan, thank you very much for, for joining me in these weird, weird times that we're living in at the moment. Um, I guess the place to, to start is how are you dealing with, with quarantine, lockdown? What, what are you kind of doing to keep yourself preoccupied at the moment? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, <laughs> just trying to keep myself busy. Yeah. Um, and trying to just stay as sane as I can. I mean, everyone's kind of in a similar situation right now, so. So, I guess in terms of kind of like the sort of working on the, the visual art and the, and the noise stuff, that's kind of what you w- would be doing on a regular basis, I guess. So, is it just kind of a bit more concentrated, a bit more focused? Yeah. I am also a booking agent for a job, and I'm also a talent buyer for a job, and then I'm also a substitute teacher for a job, and I can't do any of those. Right, okay. So, uh, yes, I would be doing these things, but I wouldn't have as much time to be doing them. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, as I said um, before I kind of hit the record button, the show is called Just an Insight. We always like to take our guests back to their roots and origins. So the way I kind of always like to open this up is to ask what what kind of got you into alternative music? Where where did that sort of jumping in point start for you? Um, I have an older brother. Uh, he's 16 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to heavy metal my entire life. Okay. Uh, because of him. Like since I was two years old, he likes to tell stories about like me headbanging the Exodus and shit. <laughs> nice. And, So, like you, you mentioned Nexus, but like obviously when you were kind of picking up your own like, bands that you were listening to and stuff, what were the kind of bands that you were gravitating towards? Um, you know, shit like White Zombie and Nirvana and like yeah. all that, that Seattle shit. Um, but my brother liked all that too, you know. Um, and I guess where we kind of split off is that I started to get into death metal. Um, so I, I got, so, you know, well, okay, I got the Slayer really heavily, and then I got into, you know, like, Cannibal Corpse, and around the time Vile came out, um, because I think I was, like, 12 years old or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and after I discovered Death Metal, like, Morbid Angel, and all this stuff, super young, I just kind of kept looking for more and more extreme shit, and Napalm Death, and, you know, all kind of around the same time, just records because of the cover, or buying records because I saw them in a, in a magazine with these other bands I liked, you know, pre-internet shit. Yeah. So, so was it a case of just, like, I guess because a similar thing, obviously, when I was growing up, like, you kind of went into the record store, taken by the art, and then, like, obviously they'd have, like, fans of stickers and things like that, but was it kind of the, the visual aspects that kind of drew you in more than than anything at, at the start of things. Oh, I mean, I love the sound. Yeah, no, no, but I mean in terms of, like, kind of discovering, like, things that yeah, you maybe not yeah, necessarily listen to. Yeah, artwork is a big deal. Yeah, artwork was a big deal for me. I bought my first Incantation album because of artwork. I bought my first Days of Day album because of artwork, and those are two bands that are really 
Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of kind of like getting more into, I guess, stuff that's similarly aligned to what you play now, like not necessarily sort of uh, like peers and things like that, but like bands that kind of influence what you play. Like you mentioned those bands there, but like was there a specific bands that kind of changed your, your thinking in your mindset at all? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't like Crowbar was like I loved Crowbar, but people would make fun of me for liking that shit. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, you know, and obviously I like Black Sabbath and all of that stuff, but to me, like Black Sabbath was on the classic rock station, so it's like yeah, I liked all of that shit. But it, I, I don't really. I, I know this is like sacrilege to say as a Doom guy, but that stuff didn't really like make me want to play it. It's more more like the crowbar is probably the first band I can think of. Yeah. And you mentioned kind of see like your old brother listening to sort of heavy music and that's kind of what got you into it from a very sort of early age. But in terms of you like wanting to play music, was it just that kind of connection that you had with, with metal or was it something again that like your brother was doing and, and you kind of wanted to follow suit like where did that kind of all come into it um it's a mix of both things so definitely wanted to be cool like my brother <laughs> yeah I know that feeling um, yeah but I, I uh, also remember I had like like back in the 90s I had like a Ghostbusters proton pack toy and when you would push a little trigger it would go like that yeah and I remember like wanting to make, like playing that thing like a guitar, wanting to make like the rare round sound harmonics. And so I, I just was always fascinated by like I remember I would like ask my brother, like, how are they doing that sound? Like that thing right there. How are they doing that thing? And this kind of shit. So it always intrigued me the idea of, of playing, you know, and he actually got me my first guitar and like got me started. So, so did, did he play an instrument as well? Yeah, he's a bass player, so I had to pick up the guitar because I could be just like him. Yeah. But I had to be close. <laughs> so, but, but was it guitar that you kind of wanted to, to play, or was yeah. it just something that kind of he guided you towards, or, or was that your choice? Well, my first instrument was actually the saxophone. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, I fucking hated it. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and my brother 
first night I had it, I was like in my room, like trying to figure out how to play like white zombie songs by just like borrowing all the strings. Yeah, yeah. And shit, trying to figure it out. You know, it's, it's just kind of a combination of, of loving the way this stuff sounds, wanting to know how it was made, and wanting to follow suit. Because, mm. you know, my, I, I've been watching my brother play shows, and all his cool long haired friends would come over, and all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that kind of leads me on nicely to, to my next point, because the other sort of big connection that obviously a lot of people make when they kind of decide that they want to start playing music is the live experience. And from the sounds of things, obviously, you growing up around metal, which I'm going to assume the first shows that you were going to were kind of metal shows. Yeah, um, the first show I ever went to was a hardcore show uh, of some local bands from here, from, from uh, Colorado. Hmm. Yeah, and was there kind of a, was there any show that you can remember, sort of like going to, and there being almost that sort of like light bulb moment when you think, oh shit, this is something that I can be doing, sort of thing, or was it kind of oh, more? I've been playing since before I could get into shows. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you know, so I, I I was just waiting to get old enough to do this shit. Yeah. Like I've been watching Sepultura videos and you know Camel Corpse live videos. Slayer live videos, Metallica live videos, all this shit. Plus, I, I, I wanted to do it for so long, and like a lot of the kids in school, just when I was coming up, it wasn't cool to, to want to do this shit. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's this whole other element of where like, the black kids would be like, you want to be like them white kids, why ain't trying to play that kill your mama music, and all this shit. And so I'd be like getting in fights about that shit, which made me want to do it even more and you know so I don't know I was like born to do this shit <laughs> yeah you know like I I got adversity at like a super young age trying to do it and it just like cemented my desire to because people said I shouldn't be or couldn't be you know yeah yeah and the other question I always like to ask, especially when I have sort of guests from, from the States on, because I know where it's such like a vast, massive country, like music scenes change from, from not just state to state, but town to town and things like that. So growing up, what was what was your scene like? What, were there lots of shows, like when you eventually were of age to go to shows, were there lots of shows that you could go to or did you have to travel? What was that situation like? Um, Denver was like an oasis in the middle of a bunch of fucking terrible places. <laughs> yeah. So, there's been a music scene here, but it was like small enough to where you could go to a show and you would know all 150 people there. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I mean, it isn't like that at all. It's a, it's a much bigger city and you don't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Shows, hardcore shows, punk shows, like everyone kind of just played 
together and encourage each other because it was so small. It was a different thing. Mm. So then, in terms of when it kind of came around to you actually sort of playing bands yourself sort of thing, obviously, as you said, kind of picked up the guitar and kind of went from there sort of thing. So what were the early incarnate, like, as, again, you mentioned sort of playing in various sort of metal bands, hardcore bands, grindcore bands, but the, the first kind of, I guess, quote-unquote proper band that you would class as, what was that? Like where I started going on tour and stuff, like really doing it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I was in another Rancor band called Death of Self. I think we were a band for about five years. So was Rancor bands. Were they both Rancor bands? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all the bands I'd done before that just never left town or really did shit. Or yeah. Like even did so much as like put out a CDR, you know. So was that something that you kind of uh, I don't want to say sort of pushed forward, but like because as you say like this has always been something that you wanted to do. So, did you kind of, I don't know, kind of get itchy feet that you were in bands that weren't necessarily leaving Denver? Did you? Was it always something that you wanted to be in a band that was out touring and things like that? Yeah, I wanted to do it. I just didn't know where to get started. Hmm. And, um, I, and, and, like, I played with... So when I was 16, I started playing in bars and stuff with older guys, but all of these dudes were... Drug addicts, criminals, so they weren't even really fucking leaving either. So none of the adults in my life really knew how to do it. So it wasn't until I kind of got into like the DIY scene. Yeah. Um, playing, you know, warehouses and garages and regular houses and shit that I kind of started to learn about this network where you just reach out to bands from certain places and, and do it that way and do it all yourself. Hmm. So, I guess, like, that in terms of kind of being an eye-opener sort of thing, like, I don't know, because I think from my perspective, like, when I first went on tour, I kind of had it not necessarily being this, like, wonderful experience, because I knew it was going to be a bit sort of, like, tough and, and sort of figuring things out along the way kind of thing, but I still had a kind of a preconception of what life on tour would be like, so... Okay, so it was completely, like, thrown in the deep end kind of situation. Yeah, the only band that I knew of that went on tour for years a band called, is, is The Fall of Carnage. And they right. were already, like, of decent size by the time I was made aware of them, and they were already doing their thing. Right. You know what I mean? So then, in terms of you kind of, I guess, as you say, doing those bands for sort of nine and five years respectively... Do you think that that kind of, like kind of put you in the mindset of being able to kind of gather all that information and then use that to what is now become what you do in Primitive Man, or is that sort of a different sort of way of collecting things that has kind of made Primitive Man what it is? If that makes sense. Well, I mean, all of the preliminary work that I did with those grindcore bands prepared me for where I'm at right now. Yeah. And it, and it 
Yeah. I learned how I learned a lot of things. I learned how to do this shit. And then I even even Primitive Man's first couple of tours were dismal as shit. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone thinks that we just like <laughs> you know, got signed to relapse and blew the fuck up and then all of a sudden our shows were, were packed, but it's it's not really like that. We no, didn't no. start to have great shows until I'd say like four years in. Yeah. And just to sort of backtrack a little bit, obviously you're saying sort of like being in, in bands where like people don't really care and, and things like that, but you're still kind of grafting away. Did that kind of like, because from sort of like being a fan of the stuff that you do and sort of reading sort of previous interviews and stuff that you've done, like you're obviously a very creative person. So did that kind of eat away at you a little bit that like people weren't, not necessarily like, that you deserved the recognition, but like that there was no kind of like feedback in any sense. It was just sort of like, oh, I'm putting in this graph, but no one gives a shit, sort of thing. Oh yeah, man, it's the most fucking demoralizing thing <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And and that's why I appreciate everything that Primitive Man has done now because all of the bands I've been in before have had just fucking no success. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got people who we want to appeal to people who are listening to fucking, and, and we're like kind of death grind. So you know we, we wanted people who are listening to like insect warfare, to like a band called Clinging to the Trees of a Forest Fire is just never gonna fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know, you know, there's this whole other thing I could go on about marketing and doing the right thing with your fucking band, blah 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 blah. blah but I didn't know any of these things at the time. So going through with that, being defeated for all those years. But like, what, what kind of like kept you going? Like, what kept you sort of like pushing through? Um, spite and bitterness, and the, need, <laughs> and, and, and the need to create, and like a really stubborn personality that just doesn't—I just won't quit unless I want to. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, well, if we get on to kind of like where. And I have no skills. <laughs> Right. So I've been working with kids for about 15 years, but I still don't have a college degree. I have no skills but music yeah. and art. So that's the other thing is it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep doing this because it's the only thing that I can do that's not make me feel like a fucking loser. Because everyone <laughs> else I know is a, is a job where they don't pay you shit and you are dehumanized every fucking day. Yes, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, if we get on to kind of like where sort of Primitive Man kind of came from then, as you sort of mentioned earlier, that you'd been in these sort of grindcore bands and it wasn't kind of cool to to play the slower music and, and things like that. So where did the initial kind of idea for Primitive Man come from and how did the, the three of you kind of get together? I just had had... So Clinging broke up. It's really hard to find people who can play blast beats loud yeah um and I was not gonna be in a band where the drummer could not play loud blast beats <laughs> right just fucking boom and so like yeah I have a strong feelings on you need to have someone that can blast loud if you're gonna blast beats so <laughs> yeah. I was like I'm not gonna find that in this town 
Yeah, yeah. Then, you know, I was like, I'm not going to find anyone in this town, so I'm going to start a Doom band because it's easier to find people who can play this shit. Yeah. All I need are some DBs and blah, 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 blah. So, that's why. Yeah, and I and I wanted to play slow anyway, and my grindcore bands had Doom riffs in them, and I just was fucking through with the culture and experience that I've been having yeah. playing in grindcore bands for so long, and I just was like, it's just time to make a fucking change, you know? And in terms of kind of like the the blueprint for the band, obviously like now what we're we're hearing is uh quote unquote I guess sort of a fully formed version of Primitive Man but in in those sort of early days because obviously like now you're sort of well known for sort of like the co- connection of sort of like introducing sort of industrial noises and things like that and just the kind of whole kind of uh, sort of like demonic sounds that you guys have but was that something that you wanted to create from the very beginning, or is that something that's kind of grown progressively and has been introduced to the music as you've kind of grown as a band? Well, I've always had a tendency to want to stand as fucked up as possible. This right. Is like something with this is like something that I've always wanted to do. Any of the bands that I've been in on recording, you hear dissonant shit. Right. Like, I, I, like I've never, I've never not done that. That's fair enough. And in terms of kind of, because obviously you do vocals with Primitive Man, so was, had you kind of done vocals in, in the previous bands that you've been in as well, or was this your first foray? Yeah, I, I did, but I only started being a vocalist because no one else would step up. Right. So, we, so I started doing it, and then I'd hoped that there would be someone to come along, and then no one came along, and then I just kept it up. So well, I guess it was kind of like not something that you necessarily ever kind of thought of that you wanted to pursue? No, I wanted to be a guitar player. <laughs> but, but then, but then I, I just kind of like got into doing both, and then I'm not much of like a super shredder on the guitar, you know? Like, yeah. Like, like, I can't play like fucking Ingve or something, you know? Yeah. So, so uh, I just kind of grew into the role of being more of a songwriter than a Lead guitar player, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair enough. It's, um, just, it's like I got forced into doing it, then I got used to doing it, then I just kept doing it. <laughs> and just in terms of like, I just want to stick on sort of like your vocals at, for for the moment, like, because even though like throughout the whole sort of doom spectrum and whatever, like, there's a sound that people kind of associate with that genre, but even despite that, like your particularly vocal style stands out above the rest in my opinion so is that something that like i know you said like you kind of fell into it but is that something that you've worked on over the years or is it just is that just how you sound That's... I, you know, I mean, like, I like doing it, you know what I 
Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know, my, initially, that's not, not what I was trying to do. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And I actually used to get really stressed out when I, it's funny we're talking about this, because I used to get really stressed out when I started singing because I was like, oh man, like, you don't sound like anybody. Your fucking voice is whack. Yeah. Um, and it was like a, a big stressor for me for years. You know? Yeah. So, it's cool to hear someone say that they like it. <laughs> because, <Yeah. laughs> because uh, I, I hated it for a long time. You know? And, well, I guess in, in that sense, then, have you kind of, like, become sort of, like, comfortable in your own skin in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I tried, I tried, I stopped trying to sound like other people years ago. Yeah. Because I just can't, because I just can't. This is like, every time I try to make something that sounds like someone else, it just comes out sounding not quite right. Like, it sounds more like my shit, so I just kind of just decided to walk into that. And that comes from people not liking your bands. Yeah. Uh, because you're just like, well, I'm just going to do what I want, I guess. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, I guess that's a good kind of point to, to bring up, like, because obviously now... We, we were meant to have you guys over in Europe recently, but obviously because of this whole thing, that tour unfortunately had to get cancelled and things, but Primitive Man is doing lots of tours. They're going out with bigger bands and, and things like that. They have a following and so on and so forth. So for you, has that kind of become a bit of a strange feeling because you you were, spent so many years being in bands that nobody gave a shit, but now you've got this following and you're in a band that people give a shit about yeah it's super weird so I feel guilty talking about myself <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel weird when uh, people say nice things to me because I'm like oh fuck you know but it's like I'm appreciative of it yeah. because I know the other side but uh, you know man it's, yeah, because we've done cool stuff in this band and I've had the opportunity to experience better things with this band. When I talk about it, I don't want to brag yeah. or sound like a prick because I remember being on the end of people, on the other end where nothing was happening for you, and hearing people talk about the things that were happening for them would just make you be like, "That's cool for them," but goddamn, I wish I could get something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel I feel bad about it sometimes. I got into booking because I try to help people out because I didn't have anybody to hold my hand yeah. to tell me shit and I wish that I would have I like I mean I'm glad that I didn't now that I'm here but it would have it sure would have helped yeah. <laughs> yeah. to kick some game it down for me yeah and in terms of kind of like that recognition and, and things, was there kind of a point for you that you kind of felt like that the tides had kind of changed a little bit for Primitive Man? Like, can you remember a specific moment when like you remembered like, oh, people do actually give a shit about what I'm doing? Well, I felt the difference right away. Okay. Shit, and then we did 
Yeah. You know, and it felt definitely like I can't deny that people buy our records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, in terms of kind of like, I d this isn't to sort of shit on the grindcore scene at all, because but like over here in the UK, there's I guess a, a, a bit of crossover between sort of grind and doom, and I'm I'm pretty certain that's kind of worldwide sort of thing. But like, I don't know, like. A, with a Doom audience, like you need to sort of help hold their con uh, their concentration because of what the music is. Whereas, as you mentioned earlier, with grindcore fans, they're very much expectant of short, fast songs, get in, get out sort of thing. So, do you think in that aspect, that's kind of helped Primitive Man in some aspects because they have more patient and more open-minded fans in the Doom world than you'd previously experienced in the grind world yeah I mean I don't know yeah it's a different it's just a different a different vibe and a different way of being uh, when you're playing Doom versus when you're playing grindcore yeah. shows man it's just like just a different attitude but there are people from so when Primitive Man came out people were like this sounds like fast clinging <laughs> like sounds like my old band I right. mean, slow clinging this sounds just like your other band but slow okay so like some of those people have come over with us and then I, I play in this other band called Furman Womb which right. is just like a death grand band and, uh, and people will be like this sounds just like fast primitive man <laughs> um, and so it's, it's interesting like I don't know man I, it's just a different attitude with doing people they're just they're there to watch long songs they're there to see unconventional shit you can throw in some noise with doom people like for a long time yeah like i know that grindcore bands are putting noise and stuff in their shit but i mean even then they're giving them like what, like 30 seconds yeah yeah you know what i mean so i don't know i don't want to say it's more open-minded but in my experience it is yeah and then, in terms of... There is crossover for sure, but if it's a majority of Doom audience, it's going to go over a little bit better. Yeah. And in terms of kind of like what you guys are doing sort of musically yourselves, like, there's kind of a, a bit of a... I don't want to say a sentimentality, but like there seems to be more kind of feeling and emotion into what you guys put out than... I'm not saying like across the board all Doom bands, but I find that some Doom bands like you'll listen to what they're kind of singing about, and it doesn't necessarily make a connection because it's either otherworldly or psychedelic or something like that. Whereas with you guys, it feels like you're addressing real world problems, if that makes sense. So. Was that, again, was that something that you were conscious of, of doing when creating this band? Yeah, I've always only sang about real shit. Yeah. I've never... When I was in middle school, I, I wrote songs about, like, blasphemy and disgracing God and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but ever since 
like that musically, but content-wise, I'm definitely more on board with punk. Yeah. Stuff. And, like, in some aspects, do you think that that's kind of helped you open up to a wider audience as well? Because I think for, again, this is speaking personally, but, like, because I'm not a, a through-and-through Doom fan, like, I like specific Doom bands, and, I like, there's reasons I gravitate towards them. But, and, like, for, for example, like, as I just mentioned, the fact that you guys are talking about real-world things, that's why I gravitate towards you. So do you find that that's maybe why you guys have kind of found a, a wider audience this time around? Because you're not talking about orcs in battle or space or blasphemy or, and things like that. See, on, on, from our side, it looks like people want me to talk about fake shit. <laughs> okay. That, that, people, that people want you to talk about space and orcs and things that take their mind off of this horrific fucking situation that we're all living. Okay. <laughs> kind of like I guess you, you've already kind of touched upon like you've always wanted to sort of like if you're going to do extreme music you want to push it to, to the most extreme sort of thing and obviously like we've mentioned about sort of song lengths in Doom and it kind of requires that attention span and things like that so I guess like my question is when you're kind of going into sort of the writing process for Primitive Man and what it's going to sort of be not necessarily like thematically but do you kind of have to get yourself into like a headspace of like i don't want to say like darkness and sound cliche but like do you need to be in a specific frame of mind to create that music i mean man i am that frame of mind yeah no that's fair No. But generally, I mean, this is, you're getting the unfiltered version of my personality when you read and listen to that stuff. Yeah. Whereas, and like, right now, you and I are having, like, a really nice and civil conversation where I'm trying to be as cheerful as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I am that. I don't have to go anywhere because I, I that's it. No, that's, that's, that's fair enough. And um, one more thing I just want to talk about Primitive Man before we kind of get on to your solo stuff. Obviously, again, for, for me, it might be just an outsider looking in, but there seems to be this kind of weird movement of like American bands at the moment that are all not necessarily similar in genre, but all sort of like-minded people that are gravitating towards each other. And obviously the tour that you were meant to be doing in Europe was 
a prime example of that. Like it was yourselves, full of hell, and I flies. And then you've got bands like The Body, artists like Lingroup Nota. I think people that are flying the flag for it, like Daughters, even uh, are kind of really reminiscent of just creating art for what it is and creating music for what it is. So, have you found yeah, that? People you mentioned, they're singing about real shit. Yeah. So, but have have you found that those kind of, like those kind of peers that you're sort of being put in together, like, have you do, do you feel that as well, or is it just something that like an outsider is kind of putting these pieces together, sort of thing, or is that is that a real situation? No, I mean all those bands. I, we don't know daughters, but all those bands you mentioned are friends of ours, and yeah. we all are on each other's team. Um, and have known each other for a long time. I booked every one of those bands in Colorado multiple times. With okay. Daughter, daughters and Lingwood not only once, but she's only been here once. Right. So, you know, it's like, that is, you were, you were seeing it correctly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, we don't fit in with other Doom bands, but we fit in with these art for art's sake bands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even then, that band is its own fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, we did a tour with Weed Eater, and I loved that. But even then, when we met up with like the, we met up with like the Obsessed and shit, and when we were playing, man, Obsessed people were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, as I said, we'll, we'll go on to sort of like what you're doing sort of like with the solo project. Obviously, many blessings. It's more kind of on the sort of noise noise aspect of the of the spectrum and things like that. So, is is that just kind of something that's a bit of a continuation of, of Primitive Man, or did you want to kind of explore a different world? How? Why did you want to sort of do that project? Well, so I've been playing noise for a super long time. Mm. Right. As well. um, but it was under a different name, and all of the noise tracks on Primitive Man's first record are all noise tracks from that project that I was doing. Right. Um, and so, Many Blessings is just me trying again. I, I gave it up for many years because my equipment broke that I was using, and, um, and I just got busy being in in bands and stuff and, and I don't know I just kind of wanted to pick it up again and see how it went mm. and this is me being completely naive because noise is not necessarily my world like there's a few noise artists that I, I enjoy but it's it's a kind of a world and a concept that makes my mind boggle kind of thing so can you kind of talk me through a bit of your sort of process of what you do when you're kind of creating it like because I know there's a lot of sort of like loops and sort of samples and, and things like that, but like what is it that you specifically enjoy about creating that kind of style of music? It is so free. Like I don't have to... I don't have to think about shit. Like I can do what I want. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. It's like a whole, a whole world of possibility with that. In a way that, like, we could not call ourselves a doom band if we weren't fucking slow. Yeah, yeah. But with noise, I can say noise and it can be anything. Yeah. You know? But it's a kind of like. Because, again, this is me just asking more curiosity, but is there kind of like certain like sounds and elements that you, you kind of like lean towards, or is it just anything goes? It's just what I want to do at the time. I mean, I, I, want, I want shit to... Well, and, and my focus changes per release. Right. Like this one that's coming out on Translation Loss and Nation Body um, was... I really wanted it to be cinematic. Right. I wanted it to be more of a slow burn and like a atmospheric vibe. So that's one thing. All the music I create, I wanted to have really big atmosphere and vibe. Yeah. So I take the same idea and approach with this. It's just that I might use like a string section or a piano or fucking static. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like... So I'm trying to create a mood less than I am trying to express... I don't want to say less... Like there's less of a focus on trying to express my pain. I yeah. Yeah, no, no. But then, in terms of you kind of like writing that stuff again, like just because this, for me, there seems to be so many sort of elements to sort of bring into it. And as you say, like it's a lot more kind of freeing. But I don't know. Do you take time to sit down and write it, or does is it just a, a kind of when you're sort of playing around with things, you can kind of get, a, I guess. A, a feeling for what you want that sound to be and it just kind of comes together like that. Well, I practice doing this stuff, which right. sounds kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and I, I play a lot of shows, like noise shows yeah. and stuff. And just through the practicing and through playing the shows, I'll just find things that I think are cool and that I like. I'll remember them or I'll write them down. And then I'll follow through with those ideas and try to make a complete piece out of it. And then that's what I'm playing at these shows and that's what I'm putting out on the record. So, Many Blessing songs are written over, like, the course of... It, it will take me fucking months yeah. to get one together because I'm, like, trying stuff out as it goes. I mean, I can sit down and write a focused thing, and I, and I, and I have done that, and, and Emanation Body is that, but even then, all the stuff, you know, I, I learned how to do it through trial and error. And there's a lot of... Surprise element with noise. If you, if you do something wrong or slightly off, it can fuck up your whole situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of times you'll see noise guys, and the reason that they quit after five minutes is because their shit got all fucked up. Yeah, so yeah. Go. You know what I mean? So, yes. Yeah. And. In terms of, because I was going to ask, have you sort of gone out and, and done it live? You've answered my question, but like in terms of kind of the difference between 
doing a many blessings show and a primitive man show like what do you kind of get personally like difference from the show like what what kind of gratification do you get from the different like two different kind of um concerts <laughs> yeah. Friends, it's all on you. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And just before I kind of let you go, Ethan, obviously I've kind of mentioned that you were meant to be out here with with Full of Hell and High Flies, but due to all this crap, that all got cancelled. So have there been any discussions of rescheduling, or can we expect to see you over in our parts anytime soon? Has that been a conversation that's been had at all? Yeah, definitely. Ethan, before I do let you go, how I like to end this is to ask my guests uh, what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. And as we've talked about two of your projects, you can get two. So, what's your favourite Primitive Man song you like to play live? And what's your favourite Many Blessings songs you like to play live, and why? Particular reason? Yeah, no, that's cool. Perfect. Ethan, thank you very much for taking some time to have a chat with me. Um, as I say, really hope that you're back over in the UK sooner rather than later. Um, and best of luck with, with the release for many blessings. No worries, take care. So there we have it, folks. Again, a massive thank you to Ethan for taking some time out of his day to have a little chat with me. Um, 
as always, if you want to keep up with today with what Primitive Man are currently doing, I know it's not a whole lot during lockdown, but they're kind of doing various other little things. And obviously, Ethan has his many blessings project releasing a record very soon. So to keep up today with all of that, as always, the links to which all their social media profiles will be in the description of this episode. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, this is looking likely to be our last episode for a little while. As I say, I'm hoping to kind of get back on my feet into sort of mid-June. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. But as I say, I'm not going completely radio silent. Please follow us on Instagram at just underscore and underscore insight. Uh, and we'll be doing the live Sunday afternoon sessions every Sunday. Um, I've got some cool friends lined up for for that to talk about what they've been doing during their, their quarantine period. Um, and yeah, as I say, we'll be back a lot sooner rather than later. So thank you, whether this is the first time you're listening to the Justin Insight podcast or the 153rd time you're listening to the Justin Insight podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope to see you soon. Yeah.